0: Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all. to feel strong and confident in their bodies as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So, let's jump in. Hello you guys. Welcome back to another potty. Welcome back to the podcast, the Fit and Free podcast. I have a really, really good episode for you guys today. If I do so myself, because this is hands down one of, or maybe, the biggest mistake that you might be making with your weight loss. So, in today's episode, I am going to be breaking down why you can't lose weight and keep it off, and why you are stuck in the yo-yo dieter cycle. Before we jump in, I want you to take a screenshot of the podcast and put it up on your Instagram story and tag me at the Fit and Pre Academy so that I know that you're listening. I love, love to know that I'm literally in your headphones AirPods or whatever you may be listening to and it just brings me so much joy that we get to sit here and connect with each other so I love your feedback I love it when you send me DMs so share it on Instagram story tag me then I know that you are sitting there and listening to these episodes so today we're talking about stuck in the yo-yo diet cycle and what I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to break down why you're stuck here what you're missing and some real tangible things that you can take away to implement today so that you can break free from this cycle once and for good. So you're probably stuck here in the yo-yo diet cycle because, number one, you've been trying to lose weight for the last three months, but despite all your hard efforts, you just can't seem to keep it off. You jump on the scales every morning, or frequently checking yourself in the mirror, body checking. Anytime you look at yourself, you're looking at your stomach, you're looking at your legs, and you're picking your body apart. And then you feel so deflated. Anytime the scales hasn't shifted, or anytime your body, you perceive it as being bigger than the day before. You feel like you're absolutely going around and round in circles, trying new diets, signing up for new gym challenges with those in-body scans, but you really just can't seem to keep the weight off and you feel like like restricting yourself is the only way that you ever are successful. You try to eat clean during the week, but as soon as the weekend rolls around, you lose it all. Maybe you tell yourself you're going to be good. You go out for brunch. Then all of a sudden you get invited to, you know, lunch. Lunch turns into a big Mexican feast. You have a margarita. Then the churros come out and then you're like, oh, my God, I've just undone everything. Then dinner plans, you get invited, and then all of a sudden you jump into that mentality of just like, fuck it, I am going just to start again on Monday. And then lastly, you're likely stuck here because you feel like your body is literally holding you back from all the things that you want to do, like taking cute photos, wearing the cute pink bikini to the beach. Deep down, you know it's deeper than that. You really just don't feel confident to be seen. And you are stuck here, I see you so badly. Because the reason why I can talk about this so clearly is because I used to be here myself. Classic, weighing myself every day. Body checking any time I saw my reflection, whether that be a mirror, whether that be a car door, whether that be a shop front window. Restriction was the only way I ever saw any results. Eating clean, no alcohol, no bread, no sweets, no dessert, no eating out. Of course they work. But how are you supposed to live a life full of restrictions and no? Because the thing is, right? Like if it did work we absolutely wouldn't be stuck here. So the main reason why you can't lose weight and you're plateaued is because any time that you've tried, number one, you have been way too restrictive. And number two, you do not have a healthy relationship with food. And when I say a healthy relationship with food, what I mean by that, like my own definition of having a healthy relationship with food means eating whatever you want when you want it completely guilt-free you know how to trust your body you know how to eat for satisfaction you know how to nourish your body you know how to um, trust your hunger and fullness cues you know you can you know maintain your weight and fueling your body with anything that you want in comparison of having an unhealthy relationship with food means you're feeling guilty all the time, you're feeling shame, you're body checking, your body is dictating what you can or can't eat that day, you're only, you know, allowed to eat at certain times of the day, you base your meals on what you've already eaten in the day, so it's lunchtime, well I can't add more carbs because I had this for breakfast, like it's that constant, well I can't do this because of that, it's... Not allowing ourselves to go to social situations because of the food. It's literally constantly stressing and thinking about food all the time, right? So if you're stuck here, again, I feel you. It's exactly what I used to do and exactly how I used to feel. So I want to break this down for you. Because it's really, really important for you guys to understand and I'm a big believer in like in order to ever be successful with any sort of weight loss long term, you absolutely need to learn how to do it without restriction with a healthy relationship with food. So four of the biggest main reasons of this restriction, I want to go deeper and explain this restriction even more. Four of the really big reasons why I see people not successful is number one is their cutting out foods that you love right you're not allowed to eat sweets you're not allowed to eat out you're not allowed to drink alcohol you're not allowed to have bread so what happens you don't enjoy it you literally start like you don't enjoy your life because the thing is right like we are humans we are on this earth and food is a massive part of our culture food is more than just fuel i believe food is connection, food is fun, food is satisfaction, food is like loving relationships. And the thing is, is that like, if you're cutting out like these things, you're actually therefore cutting out those things. So that's why I'm a firm believer in absolutely. That's why you can't cut out anything that you love because you won't be successful because you freaking love it. You deserve to have everything that you love. The second main reason why is simply because the calories that you put yourself on are simply too low and, you know, 1200 calories are below 1400 calories below for active females training, exercising five times a week. It's not enough food. So what happens is you try and stick to it, but you can't because it's not enough food to, you know, that your body needs literally to survive. Calorie deficit is just way too low. Another form of restriction why the diets for you haven't worked is because you've tried cutting out whole macronutrients. Hands up if you've done a low-carb diet. I know I have. And how successful was that low-carb diet for you? It wasn't. Because carbs are like in our face, left, right, and center. We sit on TV and what do we see? We see commercials of foods that contains carbohydrates. And like it or not, that's what advertising is, right? It's driving the need to consume that product. So we can't just constantly be living in this world where we're literally surrounded by it all the time and just be constantly like, nope, I can't have that. And then like what? You go to your friend's house and then they cook you dinner and you'd be like, no, hold the rice. I'm not having carbohydrates. I can't eat that. Or you're going out for like a fancy dinner and you're like, oh, I really want that really want that dessert, really want that decadent raspberry tart. But I can't have it. Not in carbs. (laughs) So what does this actually do? Number one, it intensifies your sugar cravings. Giving up carbohydrates is the reason why you can't stop craving sugar because the body is literally looking for energy. And if you're not eating carbohydrates, which is the body's favorite source of energy, as in glucose for the body, then it's going to be craving something that it it knows that it's going to get a quick hit of energy, and sugar. And then the other thing it's going to do is you're not going to have any energy. You're going to feel like shit. You're going to wake up and you feel a little groggy. Well, then it gets to the afternoon and it's 3 p.m. and you absolutely feel like shit. And then then the sugar cravings come in, two at once, boom. need a coffee, you need those lollies, sugar, cakes, cookies, you know, you name it, you eat it, right? So it's so crazy that we've been put in this world to make us believe that we can't have these foods. But by cutting out these foods is the reason why we're really stuck in these cycles. And then the last thing... Breaking down this restriction even further, number four is you're only allowing yourself to eat things on certain days. You're having cheat days, you know, good and bad, following this strict diet for X amount of time. What does it do? It increases our cravings. And we know, fine fact, that restriction fuels obsession. And I want to go into this a little bit deeper because I was reading some really interesting research that I was really intrigued by. Because growing up as a millennial, I definitely used to watch this show on TV. So The Biggest Loser, if you're not familiar with it, The Biggest Loser was that TV show where they got like 16 contestants who were significantly overweight. And the goal of the TV program was who could lose the most weight in the shortest amount of time. (laughs) It's so wild when you think about it it's like okay you're getting these people who are doing next to no exercise and eating a lot of processed foods to come in really restrict their calories you know do this intense amount of exercise and then weigh themselves each and every week and then like tempt them to be good and challenge them to put them in the in front of this you know this massive plate of junk food to be like no you can't eat it like oh it's so wild and then I was really thinking about it I was like hang on a minute any sort of like gym challenge or restrictive diet is ultimately doing the same thing you're following this thing being super restrictive same time you may or might not be Increasing your exercise, depending on how you do it. If you're in a gym, you're absolutely increasing your exercise. So ultimately, you're just doing the same principles as, you know, what this TV show did. They did a study on The Biggest Loser. It was a long-term study that followed up with the contestants after the TV show. The study found that despite significant weight loss during the show, most contestants regained the weight they had lost, and this is the biggest thing that like blows my mind as well, is they experienced a slower metabolism. So if you listen to any of my episodes on metabolic adaptation, you know that metabolic adaptation naturally occurs when you're eating in a calorie deficit. The body adapts to it. So what happened to these contestants is during the show, their metabolism downregulated. But the crazy thing was... Over time, naturally, normally what happens is our body upregulates when we start eating more food. However, with these contestants, they still reported they had tests done and they still had a downregulated metabolism because of the intense exercise and chronic restriction that they went through during the show. So what does that mean? It makes it harder for them to lose weight in the future because they're already started with a lower metabolism. And we know our metabolic rate contributes to about 70% of the calories that we are totally burning in a day. So imagine if your metabolism was already down-regulated by like 200 calories per day. That means like to lose weight, you really have to be doing a lot of exercise and eating a lot, uh, like not very many calories we know is not that good for our health. So I thought it was just so interesting. That's what happened. Weight regain and then, you know, a slower metabolism in the future. And it got me thinking more and more about diets and the dieting industry in a whole. And I found some other really interesting research and facts that one in three millennials claim to follow a diet of some kind. And one in four Australians will try a new diet this year. Like that is so wild. That is so many people. But the sad thing is, is that these statistics are saying in less than two years, 23% of people will gain more weight than they lost. More than two years after dieting, 83% gain more than they lost. And the biggest thing here that I also found is that 95% of people who completely cut out one thing, like no carbs or only liquids, regained their old weight back. So if you're here, number one, you're absolutely not alone. It's clear that you are not alone because there are so many people trying diets like every week. And it is so crystal clear from the evidence That restriction doesn't work. So what the hell does then? (laughs) You might be asking, what can you start doing today to finally lose weight for good? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three really key concepts that you can really implement to your diet today, to your life today. I don't even want to use the word diet because it's not a diet. It's like living your life that is really going to help you lose weight and keep it off for good. So number one is you need to stop dieting and you need to start focusing on cultivating a healthy relationship with food and your body. We need to get rid of this all or nothing thinking because the thing is, is that deep down we are so driven when we're in this space. We are so driven. Our actions are so driven by our attachment to wanting our body to look a certain way. So what happens is we get caught up in these negative thought patterns in and around food. Ultimately, we're creating these rules that we need to live by. Most commonly, these rules we have learned from trying specific diets and anywhere around us, social media influencers being like, yeah, this is what I eat, so you should eat this too. Or, you know, try this. I drink this green powder every morning and it really helps me lose weight or You know, paleo or keto, you're going to burn fat pasta and go into ketosis. (laughs) We've heard it all, right? So what do we do? We then take all this information and then we create these rules on our own. I really want to drop body fat turns into, I can only eat these really healthy foods. I can't eat too much. I have to eat in a calorie deficit. I have to stick to these calories. And if I don't, I'm going to gain weight. I have to have heaps of vegetables to feel full. I have to be good today. I can't eat after 6 p.m. I can't have something sweet after dinner. Because ultimately what you're doing is you're creating these mental rules and restrictions. And what we start to do is we start listening to those mental rules and restrictions because that's what you think that you have to do to drop body weight, to drop fat but you're actually making it worse because any restriction that we put on ourselves, we rebel by listening to these rules that we are telling ourselves. We are completely ignoring everything that the body is trying to tell you. And therefore you absolutely lack so much self-trust. You can't trust yourself around food. And this is the real problem. Look at it like this, right? Like the body has its own natural calorie calculator. It tells you when you're hungry. It tells you when you're full. Like just look at a kid. Look at their eating patterns. I'm hungry. Crying. Then you feed it and it's happy and it's full. It stops naturally. Guess what? You have access to that too. It also tells you when you need something a little bit more satisfying, it also tells you when you need something a little bit more nourishing. Like, for example, I use this analogy a lot. You go on holidays, all the rules go out because like, I'm on holidays. I can do whatever I want. So you'll allowed all your food, eat what you want. What's the first thing that you want when you come back? Something more nourishing. If you are constantly being driven by, I can't do this. I can't have that. This is bad. This is good. Oh my God, I can only eat these many calories, even though I'm freaking starving. And, of course, you can't trust yourself. Of course, every time you get to the weekend, you allow yourself to have pizza and then you allow yourself drinks and then you've had brownies and then you're like, oh, shit, fuck it. Now I'm going to start again on Monday. And then we're stuck in this overthinking cycle of, okay, shit, I have binged on Saturday. I feel really shit today on Sunday. I need to now go for a run. I need to be really good this week. I'm going to stick to these calories. And you start overthinking everything. Am I eating too much? Am I eating the right thing? And all the stories that come up in our heads. So one of the biggest things that I teach all my clients inside the Fit and Free Academy is how to trust themselves with food. How to stop listening to all the rules that we create and how to touch back in with ourselves and our body. How to pick food that we want to eat, not what we're allowed to eat. Food that we feel like eating, not what we're telling ourselves that we're supposed to be eating. Because we know how many times have you told yourself that you can't have something, you eat your big bowl of salad with your protein, and then you need something else to satisfy you. This is the thing. Then what do you do? You overeat. Imagine if you just made a meal that's a little bit more satisfying, a little bit more filling, you would eat and then you move on. So what does a first step of cultivating a healthy relationship with food look like? To start building self-trust with yourself. So number one, I always start here, is we do need to learn how to fuel our bodies correctly, we do need to learn how to nourish ourselves. Absolutely. You need to know how many carbs to have, how much fat and how much protein, which I'm going to go to in tip two. Okay. But I just wanted to say that first, because it's really important. We can't just eat whatever the hell we want when we want it. There does has to be some strategy into it. Because the strategy is the thing that makes us feel really good. It gives us the energy. You know, we're eating enough fiber so our digestion system is good. We're eating enough protein so we're building muscle and feeling stronger in the gym, right? There is absolutely some method behind the madness, which I'm going to go into in a minute. The second thing here is cultivating that healthy relationship with food and something that you absolutely start with today is remove the good and bad. Remove any sort of restriction and start including some foods that you might believe that are, you can't eat and if you eat them that you're going to gain weight into your day. A really good example of this is if you go over to my Instagram at Fit Foodie Recipes, there is a Nutella smoothie recipe. It is an amazing breakfast recipe. It has a perfect balance of fats, carbs, and proteins. Protein being the protein powder, carbohydrates being the banana. And for the fat source. I've used Nutella. For me, Nutella was a food that I absolutely did not allow myself to eat because, you know, one tablespoon always turned into five. And then you're stuck in the guilt cycle, right? However, by including Nutella every single day, number one, the novelty of eating Nutella wears off because you're like, oh, I can have this every day and that's fine. And number two, You're eating it more now in a nourishing way. And more importantly, I believe you're doing it now in like a loving, respectful, self-love way because you're allowing yourself to have it in comparison to that restriction mentality of no, 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 you can't have that because it's going to make you gain weight when in reality it absolutely isn't. Another thing that you can really do here is And I I get it. I understand that you want to lose weight. I fully respect that. And I help and support a lot of ladies through that. However, when that is your pure focus and ultimately when your worth is attached to your body looking a certain way, that is the reason why you continue into these self-sabotaging cycles. Because... What happens is, you know, you're so fixated on your body looking a certain way and you're telling yourself you're only going to be happy if you lose weight or fit into these clothes and then you're, you know, you're eating really healthy and you're training and then something happens. Maybe you're, you feel bloated. Maybe your clothes are feeling a little bit more tight than they once were. Then you feel like nothing is working. You overthink everything you feel like you're never going to be successful. You feel like you're getting fat. When really in reality, you're just a little bit bloated and bloating is normal. So it's really important to remove the fixation away from weight loss. Yes, and we're here for Body Aesthetics. However, once we remove the pressure off ourselves off weight loss and move it to something more in our control like performance, like getting stronger in the gym, because we know there's a correlation between getting stronger and building muscle. And when you're got your macros, right, you're going to be decreasing body fat at the same time known as body recomposition. It's really important to be focusing on that. It's because we are in full control of our performance. We can do things like, you know, actively working on our mobility, foam rolling, making sure we've got pre-workout nutrition on point, making sure we're having caffeine, making sure we have a good sleep, making sure we're hitting hydration levels, making sure we're focusing on our recovery, right? Like there are so many factors that are in our control in order to help us increase our performance. And that's a thing that we can measure. Like how many chin-ups can you do? How many pull-ups can you do? What's your back squat for three reps? What's your bench press for three reps? Like these are something that we can actively be working towards in a really healthy. And I'm going to say again, empowering self-love way in comparison to being like, how much weight have I lost? Oh my God, I haven't lost weight yet. Oh my God, look at my body. Oh my God. And then it's the overthinking cycles come in, like I'm eating too much, I'm not eating enough, and X, Y, and Z, whereas we focus on performance, you know, we're fueling our bodies correctly, our training's improving, and then our body composition is also improving. Hello. And this way, it's really important because this is the whole concept of creating process goals versus like outcome-based goals. And yes, we have the outcome in mind being like weight loss or body recomposition or whatever that may look like for you. But when we're purely focused on that outcome, it's out of our control. When we set these process goals of, I wanna increase my deadlift by five kilos in eight weeks, like this is something that we can actually achieve because we do have full control over it. So they're the three things that I want you to start with. Setting performance goals rather than weight loss goals or decreasing your weight circumference. Starting including some, you know, some of those foods that you may believe that are going to make you gain weight into your diet. And then another thing that you can really do and something I absolutely do with all my clients is literally write down all the rules that you have. If I eat carbs, they'll make me gain weight. Then once you have your big list, ask yourself, is this ultimately true? where did I learn this from? Because I can tell you I eat like seven serves of carbs a day. Like sometimes I'm eating three pieces of bread today and I am not fat. (laughs) So that's where you can start in terms of building and cultivating that healthy relationship with food. And some more things that you absolutely do need to master in building that self-trust is number one, you need to learn how to trust your hunger and full cues. You need to learn how to eat for satisfaction as well as satiety. And you need to know how to navigate all situations, whether you're at home, you're out, whether you're, you know, on holidays, things like that. And these are all the things that I teach you with inside the fit and free Academy. Because like the thing is like, you can just go follow another diet but it, it really isn't going to help when you have so many of these thoughts and beliefs running through your head and you know, it's never going to work because you're like, you know what you need to do on the diet, but you don't know how to navigate a holiday. You don't know how to navigate the weekend. You don't know how to handle the social situations. And until you know how to handle all of it is when you're really, truly going to be successful. Okay. Okay. So tip number two is you need to learn how to include all foods in the correct portion sizes. And I did already touch on that because it's really important and one of the first steps in building a healthy relationship with food. But now I wanna talk to more so like eating in a calorie deficit and eating at maintenance calories or eating in a surplus, right? This is the thing guys, is that you know people just believe I've gotta eat less and I've gotta move more in order to lose weight. Like yes, absolutely there is an element of that being true However, at any one point in your journey, you're either going to be at one or three phases. Number one is you're going to be eating at maintenance calories, right? If you're eating, you know, 1400 calories below, training more, exercising more than five days a week, and you're not getting body recomposition, you're not, you know, dropping fat and gaining lean muscle, you need to eat at maintenance calories. You need to upregulate your metabolism. You need to get your health back in check, right? If you finish a calorie deficit, you need to learn how to eat at maintenance calories. So one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they go through a calorie deficit and then they don't know how to eat at maintenance calories and they don't know how to maintain their weight loss. So that's the classic yo-yo dieter here is you lose weight and you don't know how to eat at maintenance calories, so you put the weight back on. Then you believe that restriction is the only way to see results when in reality you really just don't know how to eat in a deficit how to eat at maintenance calories, or how to eat in a surplus. So one of three, you're in one of three phases. You're either in a maintenance phase or you're in a calorie deficit phase, right? So if you're not aware, in order to drop body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. You have to be eating less than what you're burning in a day, okay? So a calorie deficit 12 weeks, max 16 weeks, I would say for most people, obviously there's going to be some exceptions, but that's maximum how long that you should be in one for. Again, another mistake that you might be making is like you're constantly trying to eat in this calorie deficit. And again, it's one of the reasons why you're stuck is because being in a calorie deficit, number one, it's not healthy for the body. It doesn't like it. And number two, is your body is going to be fighting in every single way for you to eat more in terms of like it's going to change your hormone profile it's going to increase your hunger hormones to get you to eat more it's going to like slow down your digestion system it's going to slow down your reproductive system and all to save energy from this calorie deficit that you're eating and if you want to learn more about that and if you're experiencing signs and symptoms of things like that is go back and listen to my other episodes about metabolic adaptation and the real reason why, you know, your, your slow metabolism. Okay. So you're either in three phases, we're in the maintenance, we're in the deficit, and then of course we're in a calorie surplus. This is where we get to build lean muscle. This is our time to shine and really increase our calories and really focus on building up our muscles. Right. The thing is, guys, is that you think that you just have to ultimately cut out all these foods, but what you actually need to do is you need to slightly change the portion sizes of your macronutrients. So if I was eating in a calorie deficit or if I was eating at maintenance calories, my meals legit look exactly the same. I'll eat Pad Thai if I'm in a deficit. I'll eat spaghetti bolognese if I'm at maintenance or in a deficit. The difference is, is that in maintenance, I'll just have more pasta than I would in a deficit. Point being, I still have pasta in the deficit. I have the same amount of protein in the deficit or in maintenance. And then in my maintenance phase, I will just have less vegetables. And in my calorie deficit, I'll have more vegetables. Then, of course, my fat portion of the meal as well. I'll have a good serving of like, you know, palms and cheese or something. And then I will just have a little bit. Again, still keeping it in because we know the fat portion of the meal is so important for satisfaction. And if you're not satisfied in a calorie deficit, you're not going to stick to it. And that's how it is, right? Like it's, you don't take anything out. You literally just shuffle the portion sizes slightly in order just to decrease some of those calories. So you don't need to be eating cauliflower rice, zoodles, pounded peanut butter, those zero calorie noodles. In reality, what eating those foods is actually doing is actually decreasing the energy that you're giving to your body, which will increase the likelihood of metabolic adaptation occurring faster being in a low energy availability state. The goal of a calorie deficit is to lose weight without putting the body at risk of being in a low energy availability state. It's really, really important. So just a quick summarize of that is that protein will always remain the same, whether you're in a calorie deficit, whether you're a maintenance or in a surplus, because It will slightly change because the way we work out a protein intake, it is based off how much you weigh. So, of course, if you lose weight and go into a calorie deficit, your protein intake will change because you weigh less, right? And it will change by like, you know, four grams or something, like hardly nothing. Then, like I said, it's our carbohydrates slightly increase and decrease, fats again slightly increase and decrease, and then veggies are the opposite. So they'll decrease a little bit in our maintenance and increase in the deficit. That's all you need to do. (laughs) You don't have to cut out anything. You can still eat chocolate. Absolutely. Okay. You just need to understand your nutrition a little bit more. So quick win for you guys. This is something that I want you to do is I want you to, the next meal that you make, I really want you to make sure that it's balanced. And I want you to take a photo of it and tag me at the Fit and Free Academy on your Instagram. The next meal that you make, I want to see a palm of protein. I want to see a cupped hand of carbohydrate. I want to see a thumb size portion of fat. And then I want you to have as many vegetables as you want. And you might be thinking like, oh, my God, Laura, like, number one, I can't eat these foods. Well, you can. And number two, you might be thinking, like, it won't work for me. I've tried everything. This won't work for me. But the thing is, it's like, how successful have you been before in the past? And it like, it literally can be this simple and for you to be successful, right? So take a photo of your next meal for me, tag me because I want to see it. I love talking about food. All well, my clients know that I'm such a big foodie and I just, I could talk about it all day. So show me what you're making. Would love to see it. Like that's literally what you guys need to be thinking about every time you're making your main meals. Every time you're making your breakfast, what's my fat? What's my carb? What's my protein? That's the same as lunch, the same as dinner, right? Like you don't need to track your calories, but you do need to learn portion sizes of the correct macronutrients for your meals. It's the same as your snacks. For your snacks, you're wanting like a bit of protein and a bit of carbohydrate and you want to be pairing them together. Once you understand that, once you understand, okay, like cool, I want to have a snack, I need a bit of protein, cool, I'm gonna have some eggs or some cottage cheese or a can of tuna or a protein bar, and then cool, I need some carbs. I'm gonna have a cookie today. I'm gonna have a brownie. Or then you could have fruit, or you know, like you can have a bag of chips, popcorn, shapes, and that's the thing. Like this is where like you can understand that all of these foods fit if you understand their macronutrient profile of what that food is made up of. And then lastly. Tip number three for you guys, a real tangible thing is, like I said, one of the biggest reasons why you're not successful with your weight loss long-term is that your calories are too low. So you can't stick to it. So a really good way of knowing if your calories are too low is, this is something that I do with my clients, is the goal of a calorie deficit is to be eating less than what we're burning, okay? Need to preface, you have to have a healthy relationship with food first before you even think about going into a calorie deficit, okay? Calorie deficit is too low, so you can't stick to it. Yes, we use calorie calculators, absolutely, like it's all based on formulas, on creating this calorie deficit, so we punch all your activity levels, what you do for a job, um, how much exercise you're doing, how many calories burnt through your exercise, as well as considering the thermic effect of food, and then also your basal metabolic rate. So all of that gets put into a calculator and it guesstimates like your calorie deficit that or your maintenance calories. Right. What we also have to consider is how we're feeling subjectively. So how we're feeling in terms of monitoring like signs of your energy levels, signs of Thinking about food, signs of your period, your menstrual cycle, things like your training performance, things like your motivation to train. Are you like staying like excited and motivated to do it, right? Are you actually progressing in the gym? Are you losing weight? Are you, you know, are you losing weight too quickly? You know, like all these things, there's signs and symptoms as well as like, you know, measuring through progress photos that we absolutely have to consider when we're going through a deficit. And we see if the calories are too low, number one, all these physiological subjective measures are declining really, really quickly, which is not a good thing because then we're going to run into metabolic adaptation and then we're going to reach that plateau. And number two, we won't be able to stick to it. So this is my tangible tip for you guys. is like when you are choosing a calorie deficit – Be paying attention to how you're feeling during the deficit. It's really, really important to making sure that you're monitoring your energy levels, monitoring your sleep, monitoring your digestion, monitoring your period cycle, monitoring, you know, your hunger and fullness, like how hungry are you? How fixated on food are you? So that you can stick to it for at least, you know, 12 weeks because, you know, you don't want to get to like week eight and like you're eating a really low amount of calories, like, you know, 1200 or below. And then you hit this plateau, you reach this metabolic adaptation and then you've got nowhere to move. So my biggest advice is like the calorie deficit, maximum 20%. So For an active female, the numbers are like a 20% deficit. It's like sitting at like 1,700, between 1,600, 1,800, depending. For me, I can even diet on, you know, start my deficit on 2,000. It's because like I, I maintain my calories on 2,400. So it's, you know, obviously it's very different and that's why I'm so big on personalized advice and that's why I don't believe in these restrictive diets when mass people are doing the same thing. Because You are doing the same thing as someone who is like, you know, 10 centimeters taller than you and maybe they have, you know, they're sitting at like 30% body fat and you're sitting at 25% body fat and, you know, they're taller than you and then you're being told to do the same thing. Like, of course, it's going to be fucking confusing for you because it it won't suit you. It doesn't suit what you need. And that's why I'm so big on personalized advice after being a victim to the dieting industry. So, guys. That is a wrap. That is everything that I have for you. Some real tangible things, breaking those things down in terms of starting to cultivate and build that healthy relationship with food to get rid of that all or nothing mentality. Because once you get rid of that all or nothing mentality, your life becomes so freeing. And you know, you drop the binge restrict, you drop the guilt, and you drop the shame. Then of course learning how to you know balance your plate correctly, learning how to eat the right portion of the macronutrients so that you know you're setting yourself up with those caloric goals. Then of course learning how to eat what your maintenance calories are, what a deficit is, and a surplus. And then lastly is making sure that you know you're setting those numbers right and monitoring your signs and symptoms outside of like. Your progress in terms of your fat loss because that's really important those health indicators are so important for your health long term so guys if you did like this episode please share it (laughs) share it with someone who needs to hear it and if you did really like the episode please please jump onto the apple podcast and write me a quick review number one i love hearing what you guys think number two it really helps me support this podcast and sitting down and taking an hour out of well, it's more than an hour to record and plan and all the things but I love it and I love helping you guys but in return it would be absolutely amazing if you could sit down and write a review and tell me what you think thank you for being here as always I love you